Welcome to the Grow People Podcast. Pastor Jason, of course, is on his sabbatical, but the podcast continues, as does everything else in the life of the church. My name is David Stein, campus pastor at our Canton location. The purpose of the Grow People Podcast is to help grow people. Um, that's what we do at the beginning of every podcast. Uh, our, our guest is... Uh, thinking I'm very strange. So as Pastor Jason's sabbaticals, uh, which is only for uh, another week or so, uh, he will be back the first week of August after our big worship and communion weekend. Um, continue to do the three things that we've asked you to do the entire summer. Pray for him and his family, pray for the church, and show up. Stay connected. Stay connected, serve, give, gather. Um Joining us in the podcast today, another member of our church family, and it's been so awesome to not only have uh, our speakers who normally speak here, Pastor Chad and our student ministers, Dave and Jeremy, but also uh, some amazing church planters as part of our church planting family. And it's important that uh, all of us, because I'm a steward of the church, Pastor Jason is a steward of the church, we tithe, we give, we serve. Um it's important that we see that our generosity is going to fuel the gospel. So Paul Richardson, gospel being fueled in Scotland, and Greg Sizemore, the gospel being fueled in Paulding County, and Chris Renfro, the gospel being fueled in Johns Creek. Today, out of Kyle, Texas, the gospel is going forward at Heirloom Church. So please welcome lead pastor of a brand new church plant there, Dakota Adair. Glad to have you on the podcast. It's good to be here. Great to be here. Um, and it's exciting that you are part of our family. So let's just say that um, the Westridge Church that we talk about all the time has uh, has a lot of tentacles. Westridge planted this church, uh, Revolution Church, 19 years ago. Uh, Jeremy Whitehead, our student minister, is out of Westridge Church. And Dakota, tell us your story. Home and grown. Yes. Um, it does mean a lot, though. I think just the partnership and just feeling seen and cared for by you guys uh, means a lot. As I'm on, I'm in the field, uh, because not not being from Texas, it it means a lot. I'm kind of an environment, a place where I'm not known, and I know mm -hmm. no one. To have you guys support um, supporting us just means the world. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, it's kind of funny with my story. Is um, I came to faith in Jesus uh, early in high school, mm -hmm. and. Uh, and after that, I was trying to find a place to really get involved. I was really naive in the whole process of being a follower of Jesus. So I knew you go to a church. Mm -hmm. I went to this church where there was a really good preacher, but there wasn't much for discipleship or growth. Like I was, I was showing up on Wednesday, like finding something to do, but they didn't really have anything for me. Right. So really, that was a weird season. I'm trying to figure that out. And then um, eventually, um, I went to uh, my buddy invited me to this people's house called the Reagans, and they were these. Great Christian people. I thought they were a bit odd. They kept inviting people to their house. Like, who does that? Yeah, odd Christian people. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know what to think <laughs> of them. Um, again, so new. And there, uh, met my wife and now wife. Um, but uh, met them and met Maggie. Started pursuing her, and um, she invited me to Westridge. This place called Westridge. Everybody kept talking about Westridge. I didn't really know much about it. And so I, I joined. I went with her and her family and just um, got plugged in. Mm -hmm. Like I think I went to one of their. Um, Christmas outreach events, and then from there, started going on Sundays, and then I got involved with their student ministry, 
And I, again, so naive, I just was all bought in. If they, anything they did, I was part of. On Sunday mornings, I was at first time guest kiosk on mm-hmm. 9, 9 a.m. Um, I was, I just had, I was a person who never experienced church. I never experienced hearing Bible stories. Maybe, mm. maybe grow up here and watching Jerry Springer and um, <laughs> listen to Eminem, but never going to church. And, and, right. and so yeah. I, I loved it and soaked it up in it. Um, Jesus changed my life, but really the local church is what grew me. Amen. Um, into the person I am today, um, we had a we had a friend in town, and and they were asking. He's he's a middle school pastor at Westridge. He was asking about my story, and I said, you know, I never I never thought that I'd be planting church or doing what I'm doing. It just is the very ordinary steps I took mm-hmm. in my faith journey mm-hmm. that's led me to where I am today. Um, it was just to listen to Pastor Brian preach every Sunday. It was mm-hmm. listen to Pastor Todd preach every Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. It was being a small group with Kim Bawalda. I could just rattle off different men and women who shaped me and who I am. And it was because of the local church. And um, fortunate enough, I get to do that now as a pastor. Well, we get to create that for other people. I have so many questions. <laughs> the The journey that you've taken uh, has led you to Kyle, Texas. Uh, for those that don't know, and I didn't know, I had to look it up where it is. Uh, Austin, is that, is that where it is? Yeah, South Austin. So it's like 22 minutes of uh, South Austin. So like... When I tell people, I never tell people I'm from Dallas, Georgia. I'll just say Northwest Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So South Austin. People right. there don't like that. They don't like that association. So I, I'm, cautious, I'm cautious about my vernacular. Uh, <laughs> but specifically, Kyle, Texas is right. where we're planning Heirloom. Mm-hmm. And, and Heirloom Church, the name, uh, how'd you come up with that? So it's a funny story. Uh, honestly, it was it was in a season. Um, I was going through a discipleship group with some guys, and we we're going through. One of the things that really, that really just uh, spoke to me was, when, when Josh was leading the Israelites to the promised land, he does that. And then Joshua dies off, that generation dies off, and the next generation goes without knowing what the Lord had done, start worshiping other gods. Very tragic mm-hmm. moment in Scripture. Sure. And then the, the down, you know, everything cycles out and becomes pretty horrific for that generation's after. And so this idea that I really just had saw in Scripture that God was speaking to me was this idea of carrying on the faith. Mm. Carrying on the faith is that the faith is precious, is priceless, is that we have a responsibility to to carry it on to to others as discipleship, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, I didn't really know a way to maybe communicate that. Um, very very multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were actually at a church plant uh, there at worship service, and this pastor worship pastor was explaining what a uh, heirloom is. He was talking about it. He was talking about him. He says like an heirloom that we've sung for generations and generations, and I just love the richness of that. And so um, she said, "He said I love the name heirloom." And most, like most things in life, you know, God speaks through my wife, and so I said, "I love that too." And so we kind of that name, that name, kind of took on much more meaning. And, and really, I, I kind of explained it, you know, it's the idea of preserving the faith, but right. embracing the future. Yep. And so we have this faith, this responsibility. Older people think, "Man, that re- reminds me of my grandmother." Mm-hmm. Um, younger people have no clue what heirloom means, and that is just a wonderful opportunity to explain um, the the origin of that of that word and and how it, how it compel it's compelling to us and hopefully other people of just seeing how. Precious our faith is, how valuable mm-hmm. it is. That's excellent. Preserving the faith and embracing the future. Yes. Uh, I love that. Excellent. Uh, do you have a chihuahua? Did I, don't. I Did I see a chihuahua on your Facebook page? I don't have a dog. A little dog named Georgia. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Look, look, could be a chihuahua. Looks like a dingo. Okay. All right. What kind, <laughs> what kind of dog is it? She, she's a dog we got at the pound. Um, okay. And so she's like, people have always asked that question. Uh, she looks like a dingo. She looks like a little shepherd or a, uh, there's this Japanese breed, uh, but she's just a, just an old. Okay. I thought we were going to bond over chihuahuas because we, we have a couple of them. Oh, how many? Uh, two. Two. Uh, we would have, we would be the couple that had 
40 chihuahuas if we had the land and the time. Are you going to be that guy? The, I'm already that the guy. Old guy. The old guy with the chihuahua. Uh, do you have like a little stroller for it? Are no. Are that we, level yet? We, we have backpacks. We have backpacks <laughs> for them. And uh, uh, they're, they're terrorists. They're little terrorists. Pickles and pretzel. And uh, I, I use them occasionally as, as sermon illustrations. I don't have kids, so... I know all you guys with kids use your kids as sermon illustrations, so I got to use their dogs. Pickle, so. pickle and pretzel. Pickles. 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 She would be very offended yeah. If, yeah, if you didn't. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. <laughs> okay. So uh, tell us how old you are now. 28. Okay. You're 28. So you start going to Westridge at what age? I'd say 16. Okay. 16. All right. 10 years pass, and all of a sudden... Is it the Lord saying plant a church? Is it Brian Beloy saying, hey, I see in you a church planter? How did that happen? Yeah, it was kind of a it's a crazy story, but um, I used to tell people this part. Um, one of the tensions I struggled with when I first started following Jesus, and and I was one, so kind of my story is is uh, I had a lot happen in my family. I had just a lot of brokenness and everything. Mm-hmm. And so God had led me to a point of I really gave up on God. And I tell people that just God to give up on me. So I said, before I dismiss God and, and, and this idea that, that people have presented of Jesus, let me just investigate myself. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I opened up my kid's adventure Bible my grandmother gave me mm. when I was a young boy, and I secretly um, started reading through the New Testament of the Gospels. And I had I had always heard about Jesus was a Savior, and, and that didn't really resonate with me. I grew up in the South. I've heard multiple FCAs being a football, hearing the Gospel, this sure. word all the time, but... Uh, Seeing that he was a Lord and just surrendering to him uh, was this idea that really just drew me to him. Um, this idea, man, I, like there's either you're all in, or you're all out. Mm-hmm. There's no in between. Right. And that that really was something that resonated with me as a football player. And so I was all in for Jesus. The problem was um, my first love was football. And so how do how do you mm-hmm. kind of uh, you have this new love? You're like almost like two different things that are kind of clashing together. Right. And so. Fast forward, I get a football scholarship to a to a school up in Kentucky to play there. It was a small school, play football, and um, it was incredible because it was like my life dream to play college football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I was on the football field the first year of practice or first game. I, I get in as a true freshman. Coach finally puts me in the game. I remember walking onto the field and just feeling the excitement, like the nerves. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember there was flashbacks of running with my dad, at, you know, on the, the training trail or Silver, Silver Comic Trail, or going to the gym, or all these practices, all those things are running through my mind. I put my hand on the ground, like I've done thousands of times before, the ball snaps. And I run towards the quarterback, I knew what the play was, and I tackle him, first play's a sack. And I remember I stood up, and it was the emptiest feeling in my life. Wow. And, and, and the chase was over. Mm. That, that feeling that I was chasing was ever gonna bring the contentment and satisfaction that I, I thought it would. And, and that was a di- very disorienting place to be. And what God really did with that is kind of gave me what I wanted to show mm. me that it will never fully fulfill me the way I thought it would. And that holy discontentment started to set in. And I started thinking about life. I'm up in Kentucky, seven hours away from my, my high school sweetheart, from everyone I know, and just wrestling with this thing that I've pursued my whole life and only find it's been a counterfeit God. Mm. And um, I was growing in my faith like crazy. Um, there was just this, where I found a lot of comfort was the church and Jesus and God, obviously for most people, but for me, it was very new. Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading these, I'm watching Charles Stanley on like sermons. <laughs> I'm watching church back at home. Mm-hmm. I'm reading these books about Larry Osborne and I'm talking to our Anabaptist chaplain at, on campus, all these questions about God. I was just so hungry. I didn't know all these big words of I'm sharing the gospel with guys and, and everything. And so all this was kind of 
growing inside of me, just passion. But yet I was fine. I love this a lot more than love that. Right. And so wrestling with football. Anyways, I knew that uh, I heard about seminary from a mentor who said, hey, uh, you can go to school to learn about God. I'm like, "That's you can do that? That's like recess. That's so cool. <laughs> I had no clue there was a thing called seminary. Like, mm-hmm. had no idea. And so um, he told me about this place called Southwestern and I looked into the seminary and, and I basically emailed him and said, hey, listen, football's my way out. Like, it pays for my school. Right. Um, and he uh, he was able to just praying through that discernment of that holy discontent, like, God, what's next? Um, I, was, I was able to get a scholarship to go to school there. Immediately came home. Proposed with my high school sweetheart. A year later, we got married, honeymoon, and then we moved to uh, Fort Worth, Texas, where I went to seminary there. And so through that process of just wrestling, that's a whole other stage of my life of wrestling through you know, theology, philosophy, just really expanding my knowledge of who God is, mm-hmm. while also trying to live it out in a whole different way. Um, I didn't really know what was next. Mm-hmm. But in this season of, uh, we had we had, had some, I went to um, Egypt on a mission trip, and there's a lot of that heart of just the evangelistic fervor was always there to reach people. And and so I really had a decision in that season was, do I stay um, in Fort Worth and kind of maybe climb up the ladder when these larger churches and be comfortable? And and, and um, that's kind of, for me, that was comfort, is staying there. Sure. Or do I really um, explore this idea that I heard growing up my whole life was about church planning? Mm-hmm. Uh, Westridge was a place where we're very involved with church plants. I heard it my whole life about right. church planting. And I remember I was one morning I was praying for God's just direction. And I remember reading in Romans where, where Paul's really talking about the idea of going to Rome and mm-hmm. preaching the gospel there so people can hear. Yeah. And he's speaking to me. Then I started talking to mentors. Say, hey, do you see this in my life? Because I had friends that were planting all over the country and they called me and said, hey, would you like to join me? I didn't really know. I was The whole world of planting was a lot. I called Pastor Brian. I said, hey, like, um, I'm looking at church planning. Do you have any recommendations? And he's like laughing because I had no idea he was very involved the way he was. Mm-hmm. He's just my pastor. And he says, hey, consider church, you know, residency because I really wanted to do this. I mean, Maggie, like she even said, like, I think I see church planning in our lives. Like I see a call in our lives. So in that whole season of wrestling and, and figuring out what God was doing, we felt a call. God's calling us to go. Everything's pointing to yes. There was no, there was no plan B. Mm-hmm. It just, we were just passionate about it. I knew it was hard. I knew it was the path less traveled. I knew the challenges, the sacrifice and everything. But honestly, I felt like God used my story of brokenness to be basically my pain to be a purpose for him, to glorify him, where mm-hmm. I can be able to be what I didn't have. And I could be able to be another gospel expression. And and so that's a whole journey of figuring out where God was moving and where God was leading us there. But it was really just saying, putting our yes on the table for God to lead us wherever he wants to take us. Mm-hmm. How did he lead you to South Austin? Well, it's funny you say that. Um, I had actually written off Texas in my mind. I lived in Dallas-Fort Worth, a place with probably the largest churches in the country. I mean, I, I was serving next to many different churches that you would know, well-known pastors. I was like, mm-hmm. I, just, you know, I don't want to go to an overly church-concentrated place where sure. there's a lot of churches. Texas was that in my mind. Willie bought a map on Amazon and marked off Texas. So, God, I'm open all these places, and then Texas would never be a place. And... um. I remember when I first moved, I did a two-year residency at Westridge and church planning residency. And um, I remember I was wrestling through that where to go. And I talked to this, this man in the lobby and I was telling him about my plans. He said, where do you think you're going? I said, man, I don't know right now. I really wish I did. He says, wouldn't that be unfortunate if God revealed that now? And it was such a good statement. I knew God spoke through him in that because he was just God telling me to be patient, mm-hmm. have expectant faith of like where he's leading, where he's leading me. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have a burning bush experience, mountaintop mm-hmm. moment as some pastors I hear have. I was like wrestling. I was seeking God's word. I didn't really right. have a clarity on that, what the next step was. And then I remember the idea of find where God's working and join him there. And one of the places that God was working, especially during COVID, was Texas. And God was sending the world to a place 
to Central Texas and I looked into New Braunfels, Texas, third fastest growing in the country at the time, and started exploring that. Found out that we had some connect- mutual connections with a planner that went through assessment mm-hmm. there. And so, uh, long story short, um, we had found that God was evidently moving in Texas. And we weren't sure if we were supposed to be part of that until the morning we went to visit some different pastors about doing another kind of residency, kind of planting out of that um, context. Uh, I was in the gym and I met a guy named Alejandro from Columbia and I'm having a conversation with him. If you know me in the gym, a um, little pre-workout, lifting some weights, I'm in a very good mood. Every extrovert, I love talking to people. And we just had an unbelievable conversation about <laughs> his faith story. Um, a little, com- not confrontational in the sense of like, I, I don't mind having very un- awkward conversations about faith, anything. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, hey, what do you, what, you know, what's your faith? Tell me about that. He started telling about some of his church hurt and knew he didn't know Jesus mm-hmm. and um, ex- explained what the gospel was. He's like, I want that. And all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, he's like praying to receive Christ, both in English and Spanish. And I gave him his first <laughs> Spanish Bible. And I knew that was God's confirmation because I wanted to walk with this guy, but I couldn't. Awesome. And I knew God had given me the heart, a heart for the community, mm-hmm. heart for the area. And from there, it was just a slow um, process of, of really um, seeking the Lord. And God has, God has said, just paved the way constantly for us to be where we are now. And the real need of Texas is the fact is, is God's quite literally sending the world to Texas. Kyle's the third fastest growing in, in Texas. Like in the state of Texas, Kyle's the third fastest growing city. Um, it is changing, like mm. unbelievable, the amount of just growth that's coming. Um, like in Kyle, there's, there's less than 20 churches for 60,000 people. Um, Austin itself is exploding. There's just a lot of opportunity. Yep. And it's not, it's a lot of people coming there that are just lost who don't have yeah. church and they know also don't have a church home. There's, they're just not there. And so it's a great opportunity for us to, to create a uh, place for people to find a faith family, hopefully mm-hmm. reach people with the gospel and uh, be another, just a gospel expression. Such a cool story. Uh, when, when are you hoping to launch? We're hoping um, next year. Mm-hmm. And we're still praying. We're hoping at the end of January, um, Lord willing um, through that. So right now we're in the process of building a launch team. So, mm-hmm. I don't have home field advantage, so <laughs> I went to a place where uh, did not know anyone besides the pastor and his wife, and so me and Maggie have had to organically and prayerfully kind of build a community around us. Wow! And so that was kind of the one of the hardest things I knew as a planner was that I'm going to go into we're going to go into a place and start from the ground up of, of and that's what I'm doing right now in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, my life is really consumed with the idea of just reaching people and inviting people to my life and into what we're doing. Um, and the journey is still still happening. You know, I would not put it past God to have somebody listening right now that's like, hey, I've been thinking about getting out of Georgia. <laughs> Amen. I mean, if you can come to Texas, I can... I can tell you about the the brisket. I can tell you about the Tex-Mex. I can tell you about the warm weather. weather. Uh, a lot of things I'll do outdoors. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to live. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons too, is like, it's a great place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of people that don't know Jesus. This is, it isn't the Bible belt. Mm-hmm. Texas is the sa- second largest country yeah. or state in the country. Um, a lot of people don't know Jesus. So, yeah. especially Austin. Oh, yes. I mean, I jokingly say, you know, it's just, it's uh, so different than mm-hmm. everywhere else. Right. Um, its own kind of mm-hmm. entity within Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Pastor Jason, obviously from Texas, he may have mentioned on the podcast and from stage just a couple of times about brisket and Whataburger. <laughs> I mean, your thoughts on Whataburger? I, I love Whataburger. They have a good, okay. great, great melt. I'm more of an In-N-Out guy, oh, which, which, oh, which yeah. would get me in trouble. No, it won't, it won't uh, get you in trouble at all. I lived uh, seven years in California. 
So, so I, I like Whataburger. Um, everything's good there. Like we had friends there that came uh, this past weekend and like, there's just so many, so many options, so many good options, but I love in and out. I like a place that does it. Does, they don't do a lot, but what they, they yeah. do, they do well. Mm-hmm. They perfected it. Yeah. Um, and Whataburger is a hit or miss, but it's always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in and out has perfected their burger. Um, I don't know what they're doing with their fries. Uh, I, Remember, were you when you were a kid? Did they have the uh, dirty potato sticks in a can? Uh, like, I think like grandma would put them on a casserole ex- or something ex- like that. I know that. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yes, yeah. Th- that's pretty much the French fry at at In and Out. We got to get animal style. Oh yeah. So they put like the diced onions, mm-hmm. the sauce, yeah, and the cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's glorious. That's yes. just amazing. Okay. All right. Well. Then we got to go. Uh, there's in and out in Texas now, I believe. I think they have moved into Texas. In, oh, yeah. They're all over. Yeah. In, yeah. yeah. Not Georgia yet. Yeah. Not Georgia. And no. so they don't have a, uh, they don't have a Publix there, which is interesting, but they do have an HEB, which is, yeah. Think of a mall, but a grocery store. Yeah. I, I've read many good things. Uh, and of course, Bucky's is there. Yeah, absolutely. That's where it started. A lot of people mm-hmm. in Georgia, you know, they, they build Bucky's. Like, hey, we have Bucky's. Like, hey, it's yeah. always been in Texas. But, mm-hmm. It's funny how it works when you start living somewhere, you start taking on its own mm-hmm. identity, and I, I mm-hmm. sometimes forget uh, I, I am Georgian. Um, mm-hmm. I am from Georgia, so. Well, once a month, we have what, what we call all staff. So the staff from both campuses get together, and it's usually here at the Canton campus. It's two hours. Pastor Jason or Pastor Chad uh, share some wisdom, and then we all eat together. Last year, uh, we got a bus and everybody got on the bus, and nobody knew where we were going. <laughs> and we went up seventy five, and we went to Bucky's, <laughs> and we we all got sandwiches, and we sat outside. And people are like, "Where are you guys from?" <laughs> we're from a church down in Canton. We came up on a field trip, and we're heading back. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. So, what's your biggest challenge uh, right now as as a church planter? Not having a home field advantage, which you've already talked about, what challenges are you facing? That's a good question. I can answer it, and, and that's simple, so so that we can be praying for you. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, I think I think one of the things I'm learning is just to how how much is out of your control. Mm-hmm. Um, and and obviously that's the case. I think it's just a for me. It's it's been a real challenge of of that. It's just a lot of things out of your control. You're doing so much. Uh, I stay busy. I, I feel like I work really hard, and I think God's just teaching me to that prayer is the work, mm-hmm. and all of this. You can't change people's hearts. You can't. Um, you can do so much to persuade people to give and to to accept Jesus. There, there's a, there's a lot of things there that I think I've wrestled with, and and just uh, this letting go of control mm-hmm. and and going to bed saying, you know what, just constantly just thinking about, hey, well done, good and faithful servant, just being faithful to Jesus in the midst of all the chaos. And, you know, I'm, I'm a young guy learning a lot in real time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. It's it's usually how I'm wired. Uh, just church planners are crazy. Um, but I think for me, it's just really um, that is, is we are, we're praying with the control thing. I think one of them is just praying for labors for the harvest. You know, um, when you're in a place like where I'm at, you know, I've, I've never been where I've just met so many people who don't know Christ, people who've walked away from the church. A lot of times I have people that have a lot of church hurt, so you're really having to reintroduce Jesus to them um, because they have had this really flawed perception of who he is or, or whatever experience that is. So um, I think for me, it's just praying for people. Mm-hmm. Like like I'm not I'm not the one playing the church. It's, it's a community. It's people. It's a team that's planning the church. 
to hopefully reach people with the gospel. So praying for God to call people, to compel people to uh, to be part of of what we're doing. And so, um, you know, me and Maggie are, and God's been faithful in that way. I think me and Maggie are just in a place where we're feeling pressed, mm-hmm. um, we're being squeezed, yeah. and and that's that's a place of of really, you know, you have so many different decisions on how you respond to that. And so we're just trying to be faithful. Um, we're trying to be, for me, it's, it's just listening to mentors and people in my life of like, Hey, in, in the midst of this chaos, be faithful to Jesus, to, to love my wife well, to be present in my son's life. And, and just to, um, to let him give the results to him, give the, mm-hmm. give every the outcome to him. Yep. It's not for me to control or to manipulate. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's a, it's both a scary place to be, but it's a freeing place. Oh, that's good. That's good. And you have a second child on the way. Yes. Our daughter Lucy is in September. So we're going to be growing a family and a church at the same time. And so <laughs> that's exciting. It's very and, exciting. You know, I, I, th- I think of, you know, where, where was I at 28 and you know, that's a long time ago for me. And, you know, there, are, there are flashes where I'm thinking, man, I, I wish the Lord had gotten a hold of me, you know, in my twenties or in my teens or in my thirties. Um, but then I go, no, his, his timing is perfect, but how mm-hmm. exciting to be 28 starting a family starting a church that that's terrific so as a young man um what do you know now at 28 that you wish you would have known at 18 that's a good question there's so many different ways of answering that um i think when i was 18 i wanted to know everything and i, I struggle with not you know it's like mm-hmm. this i think there's a point where you, you won't know everything there's a lot of mystery to life mm-hmm. um there's a lot of things that are uh, uh you won't truly understand or figure out. And I think having some, uh, having some resolve in that reality, uh, that life is just, uh, God's a mystery. Life's a mystery. Sometimes you just got to faithfully mm-hmm. follow him and, and seek him in that. Um, at 18, I just remember, I mean, I'm, I'm 28 turning 30. I mean, with second child in the way you start to really realize what truly matters mm-hmm. and it changes the way, what you value, your, t- how you prioritize your time, your relationships, Thankfully, at a young age, I think I've, I've had a sense of resolve in that. Like, I kind of know what's truly important. And at 18, I think I just was so um, so kind of distracted with so many different things of, of trying to live, live, uh, live a story for someone else, mm-hmm. live a life to, yeah. to please someone else, or um, whether it's in athletics or in all those things. My identity was just wasn't fully wrapped up in who Jesus was. And so now at 28, I just feel I'm at a place of, I mean, I've obviously done a lot of work walking with Jesus and, and figuring that out, having a lot of discipleship, but just I feel very comfortable in my own skin mm-hmm. and a little more free in that. Hey, I don't, I don't, this is how God's made me. Some strengths, a lot of weaknesses, but I, I'm going to play this thing out in my life as, as long as I get God gives me to be faithful to Him, but also to just uh, prioritize what's truly important um, in the here and now. Um, and that's just, I think that's, that's created a lot of clarity. I just hear a lot of men that, you know, they get older and every stage, every decade, they're like, you know, I just start really, they realize what's truly important. I think I've heard that so many times. I've yep. just kind of said, all right, analyzing what is, mm-hmm. how I give my time, what's, what's going to, as I look back on, what am I going to regret? What am I be thankful for mm-hmm. that I, that I had a, a sense of focus on? And, and that's truly shaped a lot of, I think, how I've, I'm leading myself. Twenties mm-hmm. um, are a very pivotal year because you're trying to navigate a lot. Uh, for, you know, 20 is very relative. You have some people, 28, I'm second kid, playing church. You have some people who are my age who are just trying to figure out life and yeah. finish, you know, finish college. That's great. I think 
I tell people all the time, just know what's truly important. Like, like have that in your mm -hmm. mind. Don't chase the American dream. Chase God's will for your life. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, anyways, that's kind of, there's so much I can probably pull from that. But mm -hmm. I think just the humility, the, what is, uh, I think it's Eugene Peterson says, obedience in the same direction for a long period, long yep. time. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, I, I found that I think a lot, I think with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. I think long, yeah, like laterally. I mean, I play think, the play the long game. Play the long game. I'm thinking of longevity and life mm -hmm. and marriage and all those things as heirloom, right? Yeah, that is like what is the legacy I'm living and I'm passing on mm. to my children, um, you know. And that's something that I think a lot about. I mean, it's part mm -hmm. of our the word faithful is a very intentional word because I love that word. It's mentioned so many times. You know, Jesus, you know, Paul tells Timothy, "Entrust the faithful men." Well mm -hmm. done, good faithful servant. You know, I think right. this word of just being. Um, being faithful, being obedient, same direction for a long period of time in this life, knowing that uh, God is in fully in control. I love that. I love that. What do you know now that you wish you would have known a month ago? That's a good question. I think whole. <laughs> this is kind of off the top of top of the dome, but uh, I think hold people loosely. I think mm. God, people aren't yours or Lord; they're God's. Mm. Excellent. Um, you know, part of planning the church is it's not all. It's uh, the idea is great for some people, but the sacrifice and commitment isn't yeah. always the case, and sometimes it's not met expectations. And so, even that wrestling through mm -hmm. people's own experiences of kind of what mm -hmm. they bring to the table with planning. But um, we've had some people go, some people stay, and so I think with that, I'm just you know um, holding things loosely. Uh, That's good, and and just letting again the control of pieces. I'm learning that a little bit, which isn't my. Um, which isn't a natural tendency for me. My, my things that they mm -hmm. hold tightly to things, to prepare, to work hard. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, you put in the work, and I'm just like, there's so much, especially in play, there's so much in the spiritual that that you just you have no like God is sovereign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and and that has to do with relationships and people. You can love people so well. Yeah. But sometimes they're gonna, mm -hmm. they're you know like sheep. You know, they're gonna bite back. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, you're in the refining process. Yes. And uh, I, I love how you have held things loosely, but also saying, okay, I have, I have this vision that God has called me to, and I don't know if it's going to be in January of 2024 or March of 2024 or the end of 2024, 2025. Um, but as he refines you, he's going to make that crystal clear. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a mentor tell me, he says, if you feel like you're, he said, Dakota, if you feel like you're going too slow, slow down. Mm. He's telling me that all the time. And with planning a church, it's like launching a rocket, right? And it, can, it goes so fast for such a period of time, but it's not sustainable forever. Right. And for me, it's just having the influence in my life to say, you know, what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it in a healthy way, mm -hmm. not the expense of my marriage and my soul. And that's where I'm kind of walking into it. You know, like I got to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I can work hard. There's, there's enough of work to be done. There's enough time blocking I can do. But just to be healthy in this process right. and, and give the results to, to the Lord, it's just very hard. It's easy to say. It's easy to talk about on a podcast. But to live that out practically mm -hmm. is, uh, is sometimes very difficult. But um, it is that, I think Paul Tripp says, that functional theology mm -hmm. you know, yep. that you have to kind of practice a street level. Paul David Tripp and his wise mustache. Yes. It's a very wise mustache. Uh, Dakota Adair, um, planting Heirloom Church in Kyle, Texas, uh, part of this Revolution family. Uh, we're so grateful to be able to support you. 
Uh, so thankful that you came up here from Texas to preach this weekend. Uh, I know that you are going to bless our congregation and uh, can't wait to see what God does in your future. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's a blessing. It's the Grow People Podcast. Stick around. More guests on today's episode. Well, it was great talking to Dakota, one of our church planters, and so thankful that he made the trip from Texas. Joining us in the studio right now, though, two ladies integral in the life of your kids, um, our Canton Rev Kids Minister Meredith Wong and our Jasper Rev Kids Director Ashley Bentley. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Both of you have husbands who serve on the worship team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both of you have kids. Um, Both of you are here today. Uh, So much, so much in common. Uh, But both of you have um, served our church so well. We're also friends in real life. And we both started in Jasper. And it started in Jasper. Okay. Well, there, there's so much in common. <laughs> and I think that's important. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because people can see us doing the church things mm-hmm. on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Sundays. And I wonder if they like each other. I wonder, I wonder if they know each other. Um, I've made it a thing that when I come on stage at the end of the songs to acknowledge the worship leaders because mm, yeah. then it looks like you know, we're just a machine and they don't know that in real life, we actually do love each other. We hang yes. out together. And uh, so that's fun. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad you guys uh, said that you guys are friends because yeah. uh, you work very closely together mm-hmm. and that would, that would stink. It would. And, yeah. and, and I know we weren't going to talk about this, but I hear horror stories about churches mm. where the staff, number one, doesn't even go to that church. Mm, yeah. How does that how does that even happen? On what planet does that happen? And then staffs that don't get along. And yeah. so I think we are very fortunate and we should yes. never take that. One for of granted. the things I love a lot about this church is how close the staff is. And mm-hmm. it's a big staff, but yeah. we all still mm-hmm. are really close. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. A big staff for uh the number of people, but not yes. a not a big staff for the size of the church. Um, yes, we actually yes. have a small staff for the size of Revolution Church, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a, a, a testimony to the quality of the staff, really, and yeah, and I the agree. quality of our team members, mm-hmm. um, because our job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's right. So let's get to know Ashley. Let's get to know Meredith. Ashley, what's your faith story? How did Jesus change your life? Ugh. I, I feel like the story could be could be really long. Okay, it could, you know it, it could be it could be, but um, it won't be. It won't be. <laughs> um, I uh, I grew up in church. Yeah. Um. My uh, I, I remember my family just loving being in church and serving in church when I was very young, mm-hmm. and uh, so I came to know Jesus very early, and I had this just fire and desire to share Jesus with my friends. Um, and uh, and that was really great, and that was really good. Um, it was very young and innocent and untested. And uh, we we went through trials as a family that kind of tore our family apart. And through that, we quit going to church. And so my young, untested faith just kind of withered under mm-hmm. the pressures of life. And uh, so it was in college um, before I really... I had a friend that reintroduced me um, to church, and uh, it changed my life. I went for mm. 
for probably a month, felt like the pastor spoke direct me, directly to me mm-hmm. every week yep. and just bawled my eyes out and realized that actually there is this really deep relationship with Jesus. Mm. It's not just say the words, say the prayer, get baptized and you're done. And um, and that changed the course of my life. I uh, I started serving actively and um, and just I remember giving what I thought was my control, my life to to lead myself, mm-hmm. and saying no, okay, let's, let's let's do this your way. You do this, and uh, and so it's been really good. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and you met Philip where? Uh, we met at UGA. Okay. Um, actually, at the perfect time in both of our lives, where the Lord was bringing us back to Him in his own way and, um, and then brought us together at the same time. And so we've been really blessed to get to grow in our faith together um, and just watch God bless that whole relationship. So there's something about a guy who plays the trombone. <laughs> yes. He would be so sad if he heard you say that. Why? Cause he plays the contra, the tuba. Oh, he doesn't play the trombone. No, I thought, <laughs> thought he played the trombone. no, he probably could play the trombone, yeah. but I think he probably makes jokes about people that play the trombone. Oh, because oh, Pastor does. Jason and I played the trombone. Probably. Yeah. Now I want to know what jokes he would tell. Yeah. I don't know what they are. You'll that, have to well, ask then him. I, then I am, I am completely missing. I thought we bonded over, over brass it, it instruments. It was probably brass instruments. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Tuba, French horn, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's the band geek. Okay. All right. Meredith. Yes. How did Jesus change your life? Jesus changed my life over and over again in a pretty legalistic Baptist church <laughs> to where I felt like every Sunday I had to get resaved. Uh-huh. So I gave my life to Jesus every Sunday for a long time because I was scared to death to go to hell. Uh, but it was a foundation, it was still a foundational place right. for me. Yeah. You know, I don't want to knock all the Southern Baptists. You know, like in the 90s, yeah. Southern Baptist churches, like, you know, had a theme. And yeah. we got kind of yelled at a lot. Um, I was making fun of that all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, but it had its good, bright spots mm-hmm. as well. And so I was saved really young, I think. But again, I think that it wasn't until I was a teenager that my faith really started to become my own. Mm-hmm. And I I had a sense of if I leave this, I'm going to need to have something that's my own to come back to. Right. Mm. Um, and that's not borrowed from my parents or mm. borrowed from my friends. I I I sensed that it would need to be my my own right. faith. And especially as I got into college, my roots really began to take root, you know, into God's word and who he was and I went to a Bible, small Bible college, and he really surrounded me with friends who grew up very differently than me and very different denominations than me, and they had tattoos, <gasps> and I know, and they would do things that I was always taught was not okay, but there they were doing those things and loving Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, it was just, it was very, very, those years were very pivotal for me, mm-hmm. and I would say that's really where my relationship with the Lord began to grow and establish and become rooted and um, where the Lord really kind of called me into Mm -hmm. um, his work Mm -hmm. um, professionally, I guess. And you and Chris met a long time ago. Chris and I met a long time ago. We were in middle school. 
Mm-hmm. And that could be its own podcast episode, <laughs> our story. <laughs> um, well, we'll have you back. Well, good. Um, but yeah, we met when we were in middle school, and we were really good friends. We had the same friend group. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of boyfriend, girlfriend all through the years. And finally in college, he basically called me and was like, we, we need to either get married or you know, quit doing this back and forth thing. Mm-hmm. And so we got married. Amen. Amen. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's important that uh, parents listening know who is uh, leading their kids. So yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you guys are, are here and sharing your stories. It's been about a year since we changed the curriculum in Rev Kids mm-hmm. to the Gospel Project. Uh, we have talked uh, off the uh, microphone about how much fruit we have seen born from that. But where where do you guys see it today, and what have you seen? Yeah. Um, I. It's been such a cool process, I think, to to watch the the our teams grow into loving this new curriculum also. Um, and just to kind of recap, uh, the Gospel Project is just a very um, – biblically based kids curriculum um, and it's taught um, in order mm-hmm. it's chronological so we started at the very beginning of the Bible and we've just been working our way through each week and um, the fruit that we've seen come of that has just been so good there's kids that just have they've been able to make connections to who characters are in the Bible and then how they point to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, we just believe that that foundational understanding of Scripture is really important for developing that faith. Um, When they get to a point where they're ready to kind of delve into their own faith and separate from their parents' faith, they'll have these foundational understandings of, you know, the plan that God had all along. Um, And so watching our team members learn more about Scripture and learn more about things that stories that they didn't maybe know before— has been really cool. Um, and also we're teaching on some of the stories that you don't ever hear in mm-hmm. Sunday school. Right. Um, you know, they're either stories that um, people are, they're a little sticky and people don't want to talk about them, mm-hmm. <laughs> or they're the stories that we might look at as, oh, that, that doesn't have a really great moral implication. So that's mm-hmm. not really a worthy story to mm-hmm. teach. And um, I think it's important for kids to see that every single word in the Bible is good. All scripture breathed out. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I had the opportunity to fill in as a stage host yes. in Rev Kids in pre-K mm-hmm. uh, a few times. And I was really impressed, not just by the curriculum, but by the response of the kids. They're mm-hmm. answering some some pretty deep questions. And they're how old? Four, four, five, four, five, four and five. Three, like, four, and five. Yeah. I didn't know that. And they answered the question. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're so proud of yeah. themselves mm-hmm. for knowing, like, yeah. oh, I know these these big words and yeah. I know these stories. I can answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were there was one kid that said, You don't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, because I didn't memorize my verses. <laughs> Which I probably shouldn't have said, but, but it was funny at the time. Oh. Some of it's just for me. Uh, Meredith, you have uh, led uh, along with Ashley through this change. And as we head into the second year of uh, the Gospel Project, what do you see? Uh, where are we moving forward here in Rev Kids? What can we expect? 
continued growth in God's Word. I mean, we're getting into, well, throughout, there's always those kind of bigger stories that you hear about, you know, even where we're into King David right now. And so the kids are going to come home sometimes, and they're going to share with you what they learned, and you're going to say, oh, yeah, I remember that story. Mm -hmm. I know that one. And then some weeks they're going to come home and tell you what they learned, and you're going to be like, I have, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? (laughs) And so we, but like Ashley said, it's this curriculum is committed to all of the Mm -hmm. Christ connections and pointing to Christ. And so just know that as we continue moving through the old Testament, every week there's a Christ connection Mm -hmm. um, pointing, pointing back to Jesus. Oh yeah. Yeah. The old Testament is the new Testament concealed. Mm -hmm. So um, I love that we're doing that, and I think you bring up a really good point. These kids are going to come home. They're going to tell you what they've learned in Rev Kids. It's not childcare. They're, they're learning about Jesus on their level. Right. And the partnership between the church and the parents mm-hmm. then becomes extremely important. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I don't – y'all might not know this, but Ashley actually – posts, prepares mm-hmm. and posts every week to where you can go on our website, Parent Resources, and get the, um, what's it called? Uh, it has all the Bible story videos. Yes. Um, yeah. But then it also has at-home tools that you can use. Um, right. It has, there's like a little blurb that you start with. You can read with your kids. Um, there's scripture that you're reading together, a prayer that you do as a family, um, and then you're getting to watch the same Bible story video that your kids are watching. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that um, in order to help our kids have the faith that they need to get over the the trials and tribulations that are going to come in life mm-hmm. um, that uh, we probably have seen already in the right. last couple of years, especially, sure. um, you know, it has to be more than just a Sunday. Um, and so if, if as a family, you guys are working through these questions and, um, you know, talking through what the Bible says and, and how much God loves us and, and, you know, how we can see how he prepared the way for us and our salvation even thousands of years ago, you know, that's just going to help them have this firm foundation that they can use um, to combat all of those stressful situations they're going to come against. Yep. So if they bring something mm-hmm. home and you're their paper and you're confused about what it says or never heard that story, yeah. just know you can hop on our website yep. and find the tools you need to have those conversations. And we want to do that for you. Um, we also want you to know it's there. Mm-hmm. And you guys are continuing to build this parent-church relationship. Yes. Yeah, that's a priority for us, really. Like when we're when we do our planning for the next calendar year and such, parent partnership is a big part of our conversations. And so right now we're even all each reading a book, each mm-hmm. listening to a podcast, each diving into resources that we can equip you with. And we can say, we really trust this author. We trust what this person has to say. Mm-hmm. If you are in a season to where you're, Eight-year-old little girl is having a lot of anxiety and fear. Mm-hmm. Here is a good resource for that, um, because we know we are parent. We know it's hard, and sometimes you just feel completely lost. And where else yep. should you be able to go but your church? Mm-hmm. That's right. To yeah. receive a you know a trusted resource, right? right. And, and the reality is, there's 168 hours. You've got them for 167. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, yes. we we have your kids for one. So right. this 
partnership becomes invaluable. Mm -hmm, so it's right. not just you're dropping them off for an hour while you get fed. They're getting yep. fed, but it's important that you partner with the church so that the other 167 hours mm -hmm. are not lost until the next week. Yes. Yep. And an easy way to do that is by memorizing those. We send home magnets, and they yes. have scripture memory, you know, to where you can stick it on your refrigerator, and together you can memorize scripture together. Mm -hmm. This time we're doing a little bit of a smaller verse for the younger kids, a little bit of a longer yep. verse for the older kids. Put that on your fridge, and as a family, memorize those scriptures together. Yep, and these are scriptures that we've picked out as kind of key scriptures that we feel like kids need to, to have in their brain yes. for when they need it, mm -hmm. when situations come up. These are scriptures we want them to mm -hmm. just kind of have pop in their head. Oh, yeah. I remember the Bible said this. God yep. said this to me. Mm -hmm. so. One of my favorite things to do on a, on a Sunday is to walk through the halls and thank all of our team members and mm -hmm. see the looks on the kids' faces. Uh, there's so much joy. Um, I I've obviously have some other duties on Sundays that are, that are uh, taking some time. But when I do get to serve in kids, it's so much fun uh, mm -hmm. because it, it's it's like you're seeing yourself, yes, and you're going, "I want you to know what I didn't get." Yes. Mm -hmm. So you're four years old, you're five years old. I want you to know something that I didn't get when I was four or five. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's a it's an exciting time in, in Rev Kids. And I want to encourage anyone listening, if they have not stepped into what God has for you here at Revolution Church in serving, Rev Kids is a great place to serve because there is there is that joy connection mm -hmm. of of seeing something valuable that you're depositing. Yeah. 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 So what 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 incentive would you have for somebody who is listening to say, hey, join our team? No, I mean, not dollar amount. I mean, you're not gonna. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no bribes to serve in Rev Kids. No. Uh, but what other, what other benefits are there for serving in Rev Kids? Yeah, I think. Um, um, I I was a. Um, I didn't really want to serve in kids when I first started serving in kids. Um, which is a dirty laundry. Which there. is a. Mm. a that's a legitimate thing that we hear. Hey, I, yes, I have I don't, a, I have I don't a bunch of kids want. at home. Yes. I don't know that I want to hang out with kids all the time. And I really did it to be obedient because I felt like the Lord was like, you need to serve. The Bible says that we need to serve. We need to give our time, um, not just our, our tithe. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I did it more as a, um, okay, okay, God, I'll be obedient. I'll do this for a little while. And then mm -hmm. and then I'll find a better mm -hmm. place that I will like more. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and it changed my life. I mean, and for me, I learned so much about the Bible mm -hmm. from learning it on a kid's mm -hmm. level that <clears throat> I was not even aware that I was missing out on. It made me love Scripture a mm -hmm. lot. And um, and then just seeing the faith of children, <clears throat> seeing how innocent their love is. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, we'll have kids at all ages that just, like, you're their friend, and they they love that you're there every week or you know every other week. They're like, this is my friend that knows me, and I get to just hang out with them for a little while. Mm. And just and being able to have people that adults that our kids 
can really lean on and trust when they can't talk to their parents or when mm-hmm. they're, you know, for our, for our littles in the nursery, mm-hmm. when we're trying to help teach our kids that they can go and be apart from us for an hour or two hours a day, mm-hmm. um, to have them find those those leaders that fill them with joy mm-hmm. is is such a fulfilling. The Lord is just really faithful to to show and fill you with the joy that he has when he looks at these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, And you're not looking for team members to serve every single Sunday. No, they don't no. have to. You can serve one Sunday a month if you want. Yep. Yeah. You can, that, and then just remembering, I think we underestimate the power of just consistently showing up, yes. even if it is just once a month or every other week. Because for these kids, a lot of them, they just want to be seen. Yep. Mm. They just want to be seen. They just wanted an adult, a teenager, that knows their name and mm-hmm. listens to them, whether it's about their dog or something really serious like their parents are going through a divorce. Whatever it is, to be listened to and to be seen and to be known mm-hmm. is so critical for the ages that yes. they are at. And so if you are feeling like, I'm not equipped to serve in ref kids because I don't know the Bible as well as I should, or I'm not even really right where I, you know, where I should be with God. Like, don't let those things stop you because this could be the journey the Lord's taking you on to get you to that Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. And just for being someone who shows up, listens and sees these children and makes them feel known and loved. Mm -hmm. And it, it literally will change their life Mm -hmm. as an adult. They, it really will. If you haven't gone through Welcome Track, this is your opportunity. Uh, Watch the first two videos online. They're on the website. And after the second video, you can join a team, get into a group. Uh, It's very simple to do that. That's exciting. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, Just some housekeeping. It is Move Up Sunday week. So uh, that's, that's exciting for these kids to go upstairs or move into the next set of their curriculum. Yep. It's um not it's the twenty sixth and thirtieth. Yes. It's move up yes. Mo- move up Thursday and move up Sunday. And um it's always a fun a fun week. It is. It yep. can come with a little bit of, of anxiety. I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes yeah. the kids come into it going, Oh, this is new and different. I don't mm-hmm. know. So mm-hmm. you know, if you're bringing your kids in, just make it exciting. We're gonna make it exciting. Yep. The team members are gonna have huge smiles mm-hmm. on their faces. And we're gonna and- prepare them and you know, help them as best we can to yep. the the new environment for them. All that information is on the website. Yep, yep. Uh, you would have gotten a text. You would have gotten an app notification. Mm-hmm. It's on social media. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're following. Make sure your app notifications are on. If you haven't downloaded the app, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Download- <laughs> you can get to the parent resource page. You, from you can. That's right. <laughs> you, you can. Well, thank you, guys. That was, that was very helpful. And uh, we really appreciate you joining us on the Grow People yes. Podcast. Thank you. For um, yeah, our our producer today is Neon Keon Sadichi. Um, that's uh, our producer today. Uh, our head of doctrine is uh, theologian. Um, theo, theolo, <laughs> theologian. Uh, our chief evangelist is Salvation. Uh, yeah, our backsliding okay. prevention officer is Lukewarm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are good. Um, our translator, of course, is Lexi Khan. Alexis Khan. Mm-hmm. Lexi Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, our lineage specialist is Genealogy. Mm-hmm. Our director of Swedish witnessing is Bjorn again. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
That's bad. very funny. This I, is bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's these are these are funny. <laughs> Bjorn again. Get it? Get it? Oh, I um, get it. Yeah. Um, our reform theology advisor is Calvanism. Uh, our expert on Russian eschatology is Pitoff Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that one's my favorite. <laughs> This is going downhill. <laughs> our director of holiness is mortification. Oh, um, our staff, our staff counselor is less moody. Ooh. <laughs> our, Ooh. Our, our, our giving coordinator is Jenna Rossity. Our director of tithing is Tim Percent. Um, our nativity coordinator, she's from France and Israel. She's French Israeli. Her name is Beth Lachem. Um, <laughs> Make it stop. You worked really hard on that. It's, it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going. The co-pastors of plagues, Manny Locust and Lance oh. Boyles. Um, <laughs> uh, our Irish eschatology professor is Mark O. The Beast. Marco the Beast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mark of the Beast. Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. I got it. All I got right. it. We're got following. It. All right. Um, heading up our legal policies and procedures department. Also from France, Stone Tablet. Stone Tablet. <laughs> Philip will like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, our director of communication is Bernie Bush. Uh, mm. Burning uh-huh. Bush. Burning. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Yep, yep. Uh, our director of Western States Church Planting is California. And our, our new one today is our, our staff swim instructor. <laughs> Beth Fezda. Beth <laughs> Bethesda. There was there was a pool. Wow, wow, wow. There was a pool. At Bethesda. Um, Well, there you go. Um, You are now scarred for life having endured this. Uh, You have made it this far. mm -hmm. Uh, We end the show always with the best advice that Pastor Jason always gives us. Uh, Trust God and take a nap. Take a nap. There you go. Love a nap. You've listened to this. (laughs) Meredith loves a nap. I I really do. (laughs) 